You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country. Hello everyone, this is Annie for Showreel, 3CR's Australian Film Focus Program. The Australian Writers Guild has just announced its nominees for the 53rd Annual Augie Awards, the awards that celebrate the work of writers in screen and stage in Australia. Awards will be presented across 19 individual categories, including feature films, television, documentary, theatre, audio, animation and children's television. Pretty comprehensive. Individual category winners will be eligible for the major award given to the most outstanding script of the year. And past winners have included The Harp in the South, Lost and Found, The Drover's Wife, The Code, The Sapphires and Animal Kingdom. Individual theatre category winners are eligible for the David Williamson Prize for Excellence in Writing for Script. The writer's intentions rather than the finished product will be the important thing. The Oogie Awards are the only writer's awards judged solely by writers and it's based on the written script, the writer's intention rather than the finished product. It's all happening on December the 8th. Now, one of the nominees in the feature category is C.S. McMullen's debut feature, The Other Land. Now, at Showreel, we were lucky enough to talk with Catherine about writing with some reference to The Other Lamb last year, so I thought it would be great to revisit part of the conversation. The other voice you hear is Sean McMullen, her father, the well-known writer of speculative fiction. Here we go. Very few people would live their lives without narrative or story in some way. Even if, you know, it's interesting, the only time I'm ever really interested in sport is when there's an interesting story there. And, and you know, it's pretty rare, but it does it does happen. And, you know, I think people... Or even people, the structure of sport. Yeah, yeah. The games know, themselves. Yeah. The actual games. Not, not, I don't mean watching people play it, but the actual structure behind it. Yeah. It's like acts and, you know, things happen and there are characters and there are villains and all of those things. So I think, you know, most people live their life with some form of narrative in it and it's just about finding out the one that connects with you and and for me and, you know, it's impossible to separate from my upbringing but it's always been genre and that's the stories I want to tell as well which in Australia can be a little bit hard because we just have a smaller market Um, but, you know, thankfully I've managed to also find work in America so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the last time I spoke to you, you just won the um, John Hind Award for uh, script writing. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, but it was uh, on phone, so meeting you in person is uh, (laughs) quite nice too. Uh, The um, film that you've just been uh, writing and uh, shooting in Ireland 
you went through a process where this film, this film script was considered to be. Uh, what are what are the names of it? It's I oh, said so the, the blacklist, the, the blacklist, the bloodlist, yeah. and the hit list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Explain those things. Yeah, so um, how it works is you you write a script, um, and you have two kinds of scripts. You have what's called a spec script, which is where you write it literally speculatively for free, um, and then you have scripts that are on assignments. You know, someone has a book or a, an article, and then they pay you money to write it. Um, so the other land was a spec script because that tends to be what you do when you're kind of an emerging writer or starting out. Um, and because, like actors, writers like to write. Yeah, exactly. I that, knew that. That's the thing. Whenever I have friends that have a script or two and then they, they've just sat on them for a few years, I'm kind of like, well, even if no one was reading them, I'd probably still be writing, you know. Um, and, yeah, so I'd written this script. Uh, it, it was all set in Australia uh, I had gotten some US managers kind of related to the script. They'd read a couple of other samples. We'd been introduced through friends, like the classic thing where it had kind of um, hit a point where I had enough connections and I had I had uh, three or four different samples of some pilots and some features. Um, and then uh, I went to the States and started doing what's called generals, which is where you just go into a room, you meet with someone, you have a chat for 45 minutes and you leave. And you do, you know, I did 50 of them on that first trip. Um, and well, and it's, You have 50 conversations. Yeah, and it's it's a little bit like a job interview, but not quite. Like it's basically, you know... And are you, these from um, writers' groups or are they... Uh, uh, they're, they're generally production companies, pro- yeah, production um, companies. distribution companies, producers, yeah. sometimes other writers. And that um, tells you how big America is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you could meet more people in a month there than I could meet here in... A year or two. I mean, that's not that's not bagging Australia. We're just a smaller industry in a smaller country. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. in actual fact, there's good points about that. Too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you know, lots of people here. You know, um, and and if you know one person in the industry here, you're probably connected to most of it. Um, so yeah, I um, so I started doing meetings, and you don't tend to pitch in those meetings. They're much more about basically making friends, making connections, telling people what you're about. And then two years down the track, they might get a sci-fi story in and think, oh, that, that person Catherine I met a while ago would be great. Um, so it's very much, you know, you're laying the seeds. Um, and then on that first trip, I met um, with a development executive called Stephanie Wilcox, who works for Rumble, which is the company that ended up optioning it. And she kind of walked in and I thought it was just a general. And she said, um, yeah, I love the script. Is it available? And I was like, I was not prepared. I did not think anyone would want to buy my very weird cult horror sheep based script. Um, I love said, the sheep. Exactly. Yeah, it's very, very it's not mainstream. New Zealand. Um, yeah. And Australia, New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. And so from there, so that actually happened before it got on all the so lists. So did they pay you money? Yeah, so they they optioned it. Um, so they, they paid me money for the option, which can, is basically – Can I ask you how much? Uh, probably not, not. just because my, okay. my managers would kill me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, fair yeah. enough. Um, but was it a living wage? Uh, no, options don't tend to be that. They can be once you're very, very high up, but yeah. options are the right to make it. That's when right. You, when you make it, you get a bigger sum of money, but mm. um, options don't tend to be... No, no, it's yeah. a foot in the door, literally. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes in, in, in Australia especially, options are sometimes a dollar. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that's right. Because you just want, want your film to, to get made. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so... So that that was actually optioned before it got onto all the lists. But then what happened was it kept on being sent around as a sample um, and I kept on meeting with people and from there, so the blacklist gets voted on by executives. It's basically a list of 
what scripts did you read this year that you loved? Um, and there is a certain amount of lobbying that goes on, which people don't always talk about, but, you know, in the sense of like most scripts on that list, almost everyone would have a manager or an agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Business um, is business is yep, business. Yep. And, and, um, and it's very rare to get on the list without a manager or oh, agent. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, the thing is that you could be given the thousands of scripts to read. Exactly. And it has and, to be weeded. Yeah, it has to be weeded and you weed through like people. I mean, I used to do script reading yep. and, you know. Yeah. The le- level of ones that are. I mean, I was a reader for someone, and yep. some. I mean, I found one that was great, and it got made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's pretty yeah. rare, isn't it? Yeah, you realise. But you know, you, you know file. that this is the one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so they'll only read things like most producers will only le- read things that come to them through a manager and agent, just as a sheer culling mechanism. Not yeah. not always, but generally. And it doesn't mean that the stuff that's out there couldn't be fantastic. Yeah, actually, yeah. they just have to find a way to get that and thousand scripts down to fifty. You know? Yeah, but um, also you're giving the tip to the people who are out there who are writing that this is the method that needs to be. Uh, this there's another ladder. There's a type of ladder that you have to yeah. climb. And and you know I now I have the manager. It's it's great. But I also got that manager by being sorry. <clears throat> I got that manager by being in competitions and shortlisting and things and winning things and all of that stuff so you know it is that thing where it's it's not impossible it just takes work um and oh and also it's not a bad thing yeah. to have a, a a father who writes yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he writes can right introduce there. you to people that are uh, interesting people yeah I yeah, think definitely. there's, <clears throat> excuse me, an elephant in the room which we really need to mention and that is um, Catherine spent about five years in production as opposed to writing, yeah, and she that. got to learn the industry incredibly well. She worked for Matchbox and a couple of other smallish companies and then went outside the tent, the way they is, is the term, and worked on other other Worked on shows, shows like, as a freelancer. Uh, yeah. Childhood's Ender, for example. The Leftovers, uh, Hunters, all the uh, US which, shows I could, yeah. Thing, things like that and um so you plotted your course oh yeah i got a lot of people coffee like that's that's the thing and i was always writing when i had downtime but i absolutely like production hours for anyone that doesn't know are, are brutal like you you start on a 50 hour week you sometimes go up to a 60 sometimes beyond but incredibly exciting yeah i mean it's a job <laughs> like, no 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 it's a job it's, but it's it, it is very it's exciting. a world it is a world and and you work very hard for six weeks and then suddenly you're unemployed Nothing. again yeah um, but as a result, I did have connections and people I knew and things so that when I started but, to but, scripts, but not only that, you actually understood what it was you were doing. Yeah, definitely. Because films are a cooperative affair. Yeah. And, and you know, the example I always use is, you know, you write a scene, 200 people cheer, whatever. That's fine. You, you know, you have to know what movie you're writing and if you're making a $3 million film versus a $20 million film and which one will get made and all of that. But if you're going to write a scene, be deliberate about it because that scene could be most of your budget if you – that's all the extras, that's all costume, that's all this, that's all that. You might be able to do that with five people. You know, you have to look at what a scene needs and why. And and sometimes a scene needs 200 people. But if you're trying to make a $3 million horror film that can get made in Australia for, you know, with – Australian production company, then you're not going to write a crowd scene. So it's just, it's stuff like that where it's like, it's not about restricting, it's about being realistic. And I read a lot of scripts that unwittingly are unrealistic. Like it's, you know, and I, and I, I have written those scripts as well, to be very clear. Um, but then you go, 
you know, I, I just took a car crash out of a script because I actually found I was asked to take it out, but also I found a cleverer way that was actually more interesting visually that when you look at it on the page actually costs less money and I'm happier with that scene. So, you know, it's a constant process of relearning how to do things in the right way and and working in production, I think, for screenwriters is a lot more important, whereas for novelists, it's kind of like saying you have to go work in publishing. I, I don't think you have to go work in publishing to be a novelist. No, no, that's what I was saying yeah. before. You can yeah, put anything exactly. you like in it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I've just been reading that the Fango series and they're Zeppelins. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and they explode. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't write that in a script. No. It's quite um, important, though. If you're, this is more message for your um, audience, I suppose. Catherine's brilliant at computers. I like to think she got it for me, but um, there I was did always win the computer the, award in school. So there, I'm very there, nerdy. <laughs> yes, there was Catherine and fourteen boys, and then the next girl um, in that particular class. But the um, the important thing is. People will really, really want to keep you working in things that you do extremely well when you get into production or whatever. And it's very important to resist that if you really want to be writing scripts. You have to focus. Yes, you have to keep on, why am I in this? Am I in this to fix the the director's computer or am I in this to try and sell my script? Yeah. I, I could have stayed in production and kept on working my way up the chain. And I and look, there are aspects of it. I love it. I love working in a team. I love it being fast paced. I do love. I, I love working in TV. Uh, and you get paid. Yeah, exactly. You get paid. You, you get know, paid on time you know, every week. That um, sort of thing. Yeah. But which is definitely not looking down on because it was very nice. Um, but at the same time, yeah, Dad's absolutely right. You can get trapped in something that you're really good at. And I, you know, it was pretty good at being i mean it wasn't the best production secretary secretary ever but i i am good at well you're good at organizing you know exactly and but that's seeing ahead yeah yeah and and so at one stage i basically pulled myself out of production and said this year i'm going to write and i'm going to do writers rooms as an assistant and i'm not accepting any production gigs because if i do i'll put my head up in 10 years and i won't have written scripts and i won't have done what i wanted to do and did you have um, that conversation with your dad was that something did you get support from each other um, i do remember supporting that particular decision because not wanting to drop names but back in 2003 terry pratchett said to me listen you've got to drop out of scientific computing and write full time because you're always going to be working with a hand tied behind your back if you're um, if you're an amateur writer and you said you're good enough to is, is pull it, it off. And then is it fear when of it, flying? Sorry? Is it fear of flying? Something like that, I suppose. Um, it's, it's, but fear of the unknown. And then when Catherine got to the same decision, I said, well, don't make the same mistake as me. Um, throw yourself into it and at least see if you can make a go of it. And as it happened, she was more than good enough to make a go of it. And I think also, like, not to be too blunt, but there are certain economic realities um, which are dramatically different between screenwriting and novel writing. So most novel writers, like Dad and I know a lot of novel writers in Australia, I would say the vast majority of them have either a part-time or a full-time job. And that is just – and these are even quite successful ones. And the ones that don't kind of manage to get like, you know, a big chunk of their income would be like school talks or, you know, a little bit of tutoring or like there's other things that fit around their writing. But even, you know, people that have won very, very high-level international awards still write work as technical writers three days a week. And that's that's not that's not saying that – 
you know, they might oh, get other quite things useful, out of actually. it. Exactly. Mm. Um, they, they absolutely might get other things out of it, but it's also just to a certain extent an economic reality of novel writing. But then the, the plus side of that is that you can write novels and short stories while having another job. The, the difficulty with TV and especially TV, film less so, but especially TV is that once you get to a certain point in it, you know, if I'm in a writer's room, it's really hard to take time off work if I had a full-time job. I, I, you know, if I have to go overseas for something quickly, which sounds very glamorous, but it is work. If, if I had a full-time job, I would have to be taking leave at very short notice and it very quickly becomes you can't have one foot in. No. You know, you, you have to be completely working as a TV writer, especially. Features, it's a little bit different. You probably could get away with doing, you know, another job a little bit. But with TV writing, you're either doing it and you're available when people ask if you're available for a writer's room or for a draft or whatever, or you're not. No, um, a, dry, a, a writer's room is where literally writers are in a room. Yeah, we battle. No, um, yeah. <laughs> if I could just um, hop in here for a second. The stakes are very much higher for somebody like Catherine when it's going to be a media production as opposed to a book because for every dollar you spend on getting a book into production, you spend $1,000 getting a show into production. And when the stakes are as high as that, like 1,000 to 1, you really have to take it a lot more seriously than the average short story or novel writer takes um, putting their product together. You, you, you have to be really respecting the team that's working with you. But it'd uh, also be engrossing, surely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is. It's also just, it, it is, you know, there's nothing stranger than writing something offhand and then, you know, I wrote this kind of horrific um, prop basically and then a whole team of people made it and that's it's amazing but also I thought, no, I didn't really think this through enough. Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's very different to, you know, and, the, and there is a responsibility that comes with books at the same time. Like, you know, you hold your book in your hand and you go, people have spent money and time putting this together but it is at a different like it's a lot of pressure (laughs) you know I love it but yeah it is at a different level people put money into things and then if it fails it's not all on you but a lot of it's on you (laughs) well I think the other factor that's being left out too is that there are apart from the writer and the the script writer the um, screenplay writers whatever there's also a lot of very very creative people and skilled creative people like storyboard writers, the directors, the, the prop and the, uh, the prop builders, the model the builders, the CGI. Yeah. All, all of that comes in as well and you're working in and you suddenly see what they've done for your script and it's quite, quite remarkable. And uh, when you think, well, yes, I wrote that, but my goodness. Uh, Look what's I, I happened didn't, to it. I didn't have that vision. This is wonderful. Yeah. This is it's, when, it, when it's – like I was so happy with um, – I've had a few things filmed now and, and, um, and yeah, it's just, it's incredible when you go, that was not how I visualised it at all and that's amazing. Like, yeah. Because people whose Exciting. job it is to do, you know, set design go, oh, I was thinking that this could be really distinctive and you go like, oh, my God, that is so much better than what I, what I wrote, you know. Um, and it takes a certain, you know, lack of ego, I guess, in terms of, um, which is very hard because you also need a certain amount of ego to put stuff on the page and go like, I think this is cool and people will want to see this. Um, but to just be like, you know what, people will have better ideas than me and that's literally their job. And um, I guess too, having done production in the way you have, you know which are the things that are uh, are essential yeah. and the other things that can be cut away. 
Yeah, and right? that's why I did production. I did production because I never wanted to be. I mean, there's a whole. I won't go into it because it's very long and boring, but there's a whole trend between there being showrunners, which are yep. TV writers in charge of everything in yep. America, and then Australia trying to figure out how much of that model we're going to take. Yep. Um, and the the one of the things is I'm like, even if I'm just the writer, even if I'm just on a feature, I never want to be on set and not know what someone is doing and why. Um, and also at a really fundamental level, I think it makes you a better writer. I was going to say, uh, one of the things that I found quite extraordinary when your dad said that you were you were the script writer for this thing in Ireland that was being shot in Ireland, um, the other sheep. The no, other lamb. The, the other, other lamb. lamb yep. Sorry, the other lamb. Um, I was looking. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> the other lamb. Uh is that you were so involved that you were on set? Tell me about that because I know I've I've had uh, involvement in films where you know the poor old writer is the gets locked out. Yeah, yeah locked yeah. out. Literally <laughs> yeah. gets locked out. Yep. I mean, I think it was a combination there. So the producers and I have a great relationship. Um, they are incredible. I, I, you know, I'm I'm very very happy with our working relationship. Um, and also, I think I because I had been in production, I did know what the goal was. Like I wasn't storming onto set and saying, oh, my God. Oh, you've changed yeah. this. Exactly. The main character is now the lamb instead yeah. of the dog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it. Um, I knew what was realistic to expect. I knew that, you know, once it starts filming, it's not yours anymore. That's and, right. And it's the blueprint and your vision is incredibly important. But also, unless you're a writer-director, to be honest, um, it's it's now someone else's. Yeah, and that's, that's right. really hard. But also the the thing is, is I, you know, I'm already working on other things and already have other stuff happening. So as a result, you're kind of like, this is great, but I'm, you know, I was just there for two weeks. And to be honest, I was mostly there because I just wanted to see my first film being shot at least a little bit. Um, and I'm also Irish, so it was really lovely. Like I've got an Irish passport as well as an Australian one, and so it was really lovely to be able to go to Ireland for something yeah. of mine shooting. Um, mm. But it it was absolutely a privilege, not a right, because, yeah, in features the writer is not always involved. Um, and depending on how much them and the director clash, sometimes, yeah, they don't get necessarily allowed to be on set. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's, that's what... That really is relatively rare. Like ideally yeah. that means that, yeah, that very much would mean that, like, the relationship had broken down. No one really wants that, the producer, the director, the writer. Like, that's not ideal. But it certainly is a different um, power dynamic. From, from your uh, witnessing of the making of the film, uh, how much of it retained the spirit of what you actually wrote? Oh, 100%. Yeah, oh, cool. I was very, so you're very, very happy. happy. Yeah, very happy. I mean, uh, And it's set in is... Ireland and it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, I think um, when they suggested the change, the location change, I I was very lucky that they chose that country because it's a country I have a connection with and I think it has aspects of their landscape that are really wild and uncanny in the same way that I wanted to capture in Australia. Whereas if, you know, it had been somewhere else, I might have struggled a bit more. But I was like, oh, no, actually, th- that can really, really work I know in that, that place. setting. Exactly. I know that place. Um, yeah. And actually there's a whole range of notions uh, that you may have uh, drawn upon, which probably have Celtic background. Yeah, actually. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think it it um, ended up being. Uh, I'm incredibly happy with what Malgo shot, the director, um, and and you know, it's it, it is just that thing of you have to 
you have to step back and, and, you know, that's not to say that there weren't times that I was like, oh, that's not what I thought. But, you know, that's those were very much in the minority. I was well, know, the, very, the, very happy. <laughs> they've got a fantastic um, th- uh, rumble films, Whiplash and Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler yeah, Whiplash, just, Nightcrawler, yes, Drive. Wonderful. Um, yeah. yeah, they've they've done some amazing films. David and Stephanie are just this fantastic team and um, and they've got, you know, people really respect them. Like the cast is incredible. Um the the crew were all incredibly great. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I sound like I'm just you know fawning, but it, it's I, I knew I was very lucky to have that as my first feature experience. Again, because I've I've worked in you know I've worked on features and I'm aware of how differently it can go. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, it's a collaborative effort. Yeah, I mean, it takes that much effort to make a bad film. Yeah. Hi, um, my name's Maya Newell and I made a film called Gaby Baby and recently a film called In My Blood It Runs. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. That's it for Showreel this week. The Australian Writers Guild Awards are announced on Tuesday, December the 8th. In their media release, they say, In a year marked by uncertainty and upheaval, the power of stories has taken on new and profound meaning. Unable to gather in person, we have instead gathered in shared narratives, connecting across ideas and experiences, and finding moments of joy in film, theatre and television. Yet, our Australian stories are under threat, ravaged by years of funding cuts to the screen and stage sectors, competition from unregulated players, and hindered by the current suspension of content quotas and pending government reform. In 2020... There has never been a more important time to join the fight to protect, support and celebrate our industry. They are asking people to take action to protect and support Australia's screen sector by contacting your MP and senators and signing up for news via the Make It Australian campaign. That's it for Showreel this week. Hear from me next week. Bye.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.